Well, hey, if I have not met you yet, my name is Nick, and I'm one of the pastors here at Airdrie Alliance Church, and it's, uh, it's good morning. It's going to be a good morning. Here we go. Well, hey, like Luke and Dion said, I need to know, Baptism Sunday is just around the corner. Anyone excited for that? Yeah. Yeah, it's coming, and uh, we just want to say to you, if you have not yet been baptized, you, you can do this next weekend. I'm going to be hanging out in the foyer after the service at our baptism information table, and this is an opportunity where we get to celebrate uh, those men and women who are part of our, our, our Airdrie Alliance Church family who, who want to follow Jesus and declare that He is Lord and that they're all in uh, through the waters of baptism. So if you haven't done this, man, this can be your opportunity. And, and we are calling you today to seize that moment and to say yes to that call of Jesus upon your life, to say, I'm in, I, I want to get baptized next Sunday April 9th, and we can do that. And let me just add this too. Whether you've been a Christian for four days or for 40 years, it's not too late. If you've not yet been baptized, it is not too late for you. The moment has presented itself. It's here. It's now. So next Sunday, let's make make that happen. We want to get you guys baptized, and it's going to be a good celebration day. I don't know about you guys, but speaking about baptism, I just get excited. I'm like, yeah, Baptism is one of those um, awesome Sundays on our church calendar. Every time it comes up, I'm just, I'm stoked about it. You guys same, you with me? Yeah, you're like half excited. Sweet, here we go, yeah. I, I just, I love baptisms though, I really do. I love, I love the testimonies. Man, I love the celebration. We stand up, we cheer, we clap for people, we celebrate what they've done. I, I love the sacredness of that moment where they come up out of the water, right? Symbolically being raised to new life with Christ. Man, I even love like the awkward wet hugs, right? The family afterwards is like, yeah, congratulations. They're trying not to hug them. It's like, don't wreck my dress. I don't wear a dress, by the way. Um, you know what I'm talking about, right? I just, I love baptism. Everything about it, it's special. It's sacred. We just got to celebrate Tanner, your baptism last Sunday. Woohoo! we're doing it again next Sunday. It's incredible. And I, I think why I love baptism so much is because is it's one of those like carpe diem moments. You guys know what I'm saying when I, when I say that? Carpe diem. It's a, it's a Latin aphorism that, that's translated usually as seize the day or, or seize the moment, seize the present. And, and it evokes this sense of taking hold of or, or, or making the most of a particular opportunity that has presented itself to you. Carpe diem moments are those opportunities that when they avail themselves to us, we just have to say yes. We have to take hold of them. And while the Latins called this carpe diem, the Greeks, they had another word for it. They called these moments kairos moments. Kairos moments. And I'm convinced, friends, that we are standing on the brink of one of the greatest kairos moments that we will experience in our lifetime. If you've got your Bible with you this morning, I invite you to come along with me to the book of Mark. You guys can either flip there or scroll there on your iPhones. Mark chapter 1, we're starting at verse 14. And to give a little bit of context about this passage, here's Jesus. He's just arrived from his hometown in in Nazareth, and he starts his his ministry with his own baptism. And so on that day at the Jordan, he's not only baptized with water, he's also baptized with the Holy Spirit, right? We see the the, the Holy Spirit coming upon him in the form of a dove, and he's also baptized in the, the, the Father's love for him. We see that the father saying, this is my son whom I love, in him I am well pleased. Man, if that's not a perk or a plug for baptism, I don't know what is, right? Next Sunday, get baptized with water and the Holy Spirit and the Father's love. Come and do it. It's going to be great. 
But here's Jesus, and after this moment at the Jordan, he is then sent or driven into the, the wilderness where he spends the next 40 days fasting and praying, being tempted by Satan, and ultimately anchoring himself in, in his identity as a beloved son of the Father. Jesus then comes to this place called Galilee, and, and he starts declaring and proclaiming the good news of God. And so let's go to Mark chapter 1. Starting at verse 14. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. The kingdom of God has come near. The time has come, he said. Well, if you are joining us for the first time this morning, I just want to say to you, welcome. Welcome, so good to have you here, and to kind of fill you in on where we are uh, right now in the midst of a, a sermon series called Heaven on Earth, and it's in this series that we are looking at, at, at the, the call of Jesus upon us. We have a new why statement as a church, or a new vision statement, and, and we believe that the, the, the reason that we exist, friends, is to be men and women who release the kingdom of, of heaven here in our city, here in our region, and across our world. This is what we are all about. Releasing the kingdom of heaven on earth. And really, this was what Jesus was all about, right? How do we know that? It's because it's what he did. Looking through scripture, through the gospels, at the stories of Jesus, just think back. What, what did he actually do? Right? What occupied the majority of his time during those years, friends? It was this. It was seeking and saving the lost, healing the sick, cleansing lepers, Casting out demons, raising the dead, releasing captives and prisoners from their bondage and proclaiming the good news of God. These were the works of Jesus. And it was through these works that he released the kingdom of heaven on earth. Just listen to Jesus' words kind of about himself. This is how he put it in Luke chapter 4. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because the, he, the Father, has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He, he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoner, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is why the Son of God appeared. This is why he came. This was his mission. It was to release the kingdom of heaven on earth, to, to lead those in darkness into light. And we see this in our passage here, Mark, as well, right? What does Jesus say? The time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Now, what Jesus was saying here, friends, wasn't, wasn't just that the kingdom of God was near. It's not just that it was, it's coming soon. It's going to be here in a few days. No, he's saying man, it's here and it is now. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is here now. You see, Jesus was announcing at this time the beginning of a Kairos moment. It's the beginning. He's saying the time has come and it starts now because with my arrival, now comes this unprecedented season of ministry that has never been seen or experienced before. The time has come. The kingdom of God is here. And with my arrival here and now, says Jesus, as, as an ambassador of heaven, where I am, so is the kingdom. And here I come. And here it comes with me. The kingdom of heaven is here. It's clear that this is what Jesus was all about, was releasing the kingdom of heaven on earth. And as people who have given our lives to follow after Jesus, right? He's our, he's our forerunner. The Bible says he's our pioneer. 
that, that he's the one who paves the way for us, that his life was a model for ours. We need to follow after him. And, and so if this is what Jesus was all about, if this is what he did, man, we, we need to be uh, about these same things too. We, we need to be people who, who, who our business is to release the kingdom of heaven on earth because this is still Jesus' business right here, right now. He, he's releasing the kingdom and he has chosen us to do that through. He, he has chosen you to do that through. And, and this call is for everyone, everywhere, all the time. Right now as a church, we, we are standing on the edge of something incredible. The kingdom of heaven is advancing in this church, in this city, this nation. The kingdom of heaven is advancing, and I'm convinced not even the gates of hell can prevail. Not not even hell can stand against what what God is doing, right? This is a kairos moment here and and now. The time has come, said Jesus. The kingdom of God is near, and, and God is pouring himself out upon us in new ways. And incredible things are happening. The evidence is all around us. We're hearing stories of salvations. Stories of people being delivered and set free. Stories of healings. And it's not just happening here in our church, but it's happening in other churches, other places as well. I was at a coffee shop this week. And as I was sitting there kind of getting ready for for this message, just prepping there, I struck up a conversation with the woman beside me. Actually, I should say this. She struck up a conversation with me, and she was a 30-something-year-old mom of three kids. And she starts telling me about how just a couple of days prior that she had had this, she put on this like interdenominational prayer gathering for women in our city where over 70 women showed up. And some of you were at that meeting. 70 women showed up, and they just were praying for the lost of our city. And it's just this mom who organized it. She then went on to tell me, that in the last year that she has led six women to Christ at that same coffee shop that she was at right there. Six women saved out of darkness and into light. Six women invited into the kingdom. And this woman wasn't like special. She wasn't a, you know, a pastor or hadn't given her life to full-time vocational ministry. She just loved Jesus and she understood that it was her role to be a releaser of the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom has come, says Jesus. The time is, is now, and, and I want to ask you, are we taking hold of it? Are we taking hold of this moment? Something incredible is happening. And I'm convinced, friends, that more is coming, but I want to ask us, are we ready for more? Are we ready for more? Are we really ready to respond to that great call that God has on us to be men and women who are with Jesus, releasing the kingdom of heaven? Have we embraced this vision as our own? Are we prepared for what it will cost us? Because it'll cost us something. And do we understand that this moment needs to be seized now by, by every one of us? Because this is one of those carpe diem moments. It's our moment. Now, I need to confess to you guys, I'm a bit of a nerd, okay? Um, when it comes to scriptures, I love studying scripture, but I also love studying scripture 
um, and looking at the original language that it was written in. I, I just like, I just like, I think it's awesome. I love it. And I've done um, quite a bit of work in, in Greek, learning that language, and also a little bit in Hebrew. But one of my um, my favorite w- websites to go and to like spend time on and to or to kill time. It's not like Instagram or YouTube. Al- although I need to confess, I do like watching videos of like guys crashing on like skateboards and mountain bikes or people slipping on ice. I just think. Uh, I I think it's funny, okay? I'm just admitting this to you. I think it's amusing. I'm not a sadist or anything. I just think it's funny. I'm confessing this to you, okay? And so um, this this website that I like to hang out on, it's called greekbible.com. Sounds super fun, doesn't it? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I usually, like, on my phone, you guys have tabs on, like, Safari. I have, like, two tabs all the time open on this, like, greekbible.com thing. And I'm, I'm just using it all the time, checking it out. And, and I use this during times of, like, just personal reflection and, and study of Scripture. Uh, I use it during sermon prep. So I was on there this week getting ready for this message. I use it when Sandy and Nate are preaching to make sure these guys are, like, legit. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like a Berean. I'm opening the Word. I'm like, here we go. And, uh, no, I just, like, seriously, though, I love this website. And, and wh- so why, why do I do that? It's because I'm, I'm convinced that, that the, the, when, when the original writers of Scripture wrote what they wrote, that, that sometimes the, the essence behind their words, it gets lost or watered down in the translation from their language to our language, to, to English. And so I don't want to miss out. You know, for example, look on the Greek word for love. There's actually four Four words in the New Testament that are used for, for love. In our language, we have one that just describes this intense uh, emotion of uh, affection, right? But in Greek, there's actually four. And you can go up and study it. Just, just know, don't say, like, I eros love you, Grandma. That's just weird. Don't say that, okay? So there's a certain context and, and meaning for these, these languages, or these words, sorry. But unless we know that, unless we kind of dive in and, and study it and search it for ourselves, we're going to miss out. Uh, the, the same is with this word called time. Now, for those of us who have been raised in like the, the Western scientific world, which is probably most of us here in this room, our, our concept of time is most likely linear, right? That's kind of what we immediately think of. We, we think of time as past, present, and future, kind of nicely boxed in those, in those three categories. Maybe we think of time in the sense of seconds and minutes and hours and days, months, weeks, years, right? Maybe, maybe we think of time as this relentless march of the earth around the sun, right? Day and night, day and night. That's, that's how we think of time. It's sequential. It's chronological. And our, our understanding of time, actually, it comes from uh, the Greek word chronos, Chronos, right? That's where we get our words chronology or anachronism, chronos. And it, that's, this was their understanding of time, right? It was sequential. It was, it was like seconds, time, uh, minutes, days, hours. It was, it was this kind of understanding. But uh, they also had a second understanding or a second word uh, for time, and this word was kairos. While there's chronos time, there was also kairos time, And what Kairos meant, friends, was that instead of being defined as this sequential chronological thing, Kairos was understood as distinct moments or seasons within history. As one writer put it, while Kronos time is measured in seconds, Kairos time is measured in moments. Well, while Kronos time is quantitative, Kairos time is qualitative There's a a quality about this distinct season, and it's an opportunity. Kairos moments are a a unique, perfect moment that that hold potential to change the course of history. This is what a kairos 
time is or kairos moments. And friends, they're powerful. They're incredible. But if they're to ever reach their full potential, they're, they're moments that need to be embraced. Now, the Latins understood this with the notion of carpe diem, right? Seize the day. Take, take hold of the moment because if you, if you don't, it's a moment that can be missed forever. Now, when Jesus came announcing in Mark 1.15 that the time had come, that the kingdom of God was near, he was not announcing Kronos time, but he, was, he came announcing Kairos time. The, the opportune moment has arrived, friends. It's a, it's a Kairos moment. It's a unique season, and it's ripe with opportunity now. And it's at hand. Do you see it? Do you seize it? Will you take hold of it? Because if you don't, you might miss it altogether. You see, the idea behind Kairos is that there's a ripeness to it. Kairos is a moment, friends, that only lasts for its appointed time, and then it is no longer. There's a nowness to it. In other words, Kairos moments, they have a shelf life, an expiry, if you will. It's kind of like bananas. Do you guys like bananas? Any, any green banana fans out there? Yeah! Green bananas all the way. I believe in my heart of hearts that God has ordained, predestined, if you will, a certain time in the life of every single banana when it must be eaten. And it's this, this mixture where it's like this perfect color combination of like fading from green into yellow. This is, this is the moment when God, the Kairos moment where he destined, come on, preach to me, right? Where he, where he destined bananas to be eaten, right? I'm getting emotional. And it, and it literally offends me when I see a brown spotted, black speckled, yucky banana. I, I, I'm getting like angry, man. When I see somebody eating a brown banana, I'm like, no, no, that's not right. That is not right. Like brown bananas, they're, they're mushy, they're too sweet, the flavor's too intense, they're just gross. It's, it's not meant to be. If I'm offending you right now, it's good. It's good. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Green, green bananas is where it's at, man. But you also, you also can't eat a banana that's too green either. Right? You know what I'm talking about? If it's too green, man, it's like crunchy, it's chalky. It's like the banana has a superpower where it can suck out all the moisture from your body and then you can't swallow, you're like choking. You're like, ah! Right? Bananas are dangerous, man. Who thought we would learn so much about bananas? You know what I'm talking about though, right? There's a Kairos moment. Either you can eat it too soon or you can wait and it'll be spoiled because it's too late. There's this ripeness, this, this perfect moment. And friends, this is a Kairos moment. This is a Kairos moment. And they have their, their appointed time. Sometimes Kairos moments can last for hundreds, if not thousands of years. But friends, they can also last for minutes, seconds even. And once it's gone, it's gone. Ripeness. And while every Kairos moment is unique, they, they all share the same characteristic of, of ripeness, and sooner or later they will each end, and usually it's without warning. And if we're not paying attention, or if we, if we fail to take hold of these divine and holy moments as they, they, they give themselves to us, these, these moments, they can and they will be missed. As David penned in Psalm 32, 
Verse 6, he says these words, Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you. He's speaking to the Lord. Let the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Interesting that he would put it that way. While you may be found. We see the same thing in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found, says the prophet. Call on him while he is near. I want to ask, why would these, these men, these authors of Scripture, why would they write that? Unless it was true. Why would they write that unless there was also a season where God could not be found? Or there was also a moment where he could not be called upon while he was not near? They wrote these things because they're true. Friends, we're living in a day and age where any person, any person, young or old, Man or woman, regardless of socioeconomic status or or religious background or affiliation, even sexual orientation, any person can call upon Jesus and and repent of their sins and believe the good news that, that Jesus saves sinners. That he longs to lavish grace upon grace upon us. That that he wants to rescue and redeem us from our brokenness. And restore us to our rightful place as sons and daughters of God. This this is available now to every single person. This is what Jesus came uh, announcing. Right? Mark 1, 14 and 15. The time has come. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Repent and believe the good news. This this is what he he came preaching. And, And it was available. He was offering it to all people. And the offer, friends, it's still on the table today. This is one of those kairos moments that, that lasts a really long time. But let me say this. While it's available today, it might not be tomorrow. Are you tracking along with me? While it's available today, it, it might not be tomorrow. You see, no one knows what tomorrow will bring. The only person who knows this is the one who has extended this sweet invitation into his kingdom. No one knows what tomorrow will bring. No one knows when these Kairos moments are are going to end. And and that moment that Jesus came announcing, it actually has an expiry date. You see, the Bible also teaches that while, while we're living in an age where there's this free gift being offered to all people, Jesus is coming back. He is our coming king. He is returning And when that happens, that that offer is no longer on the table. There is an end to that kairos moment. Right? At any moment, poof, he could just appear. And then 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 it's done. And if we've missed it, we've missed it. The other thing that can come at any moment, friends, is death. Right? I don't want to get morbid on you, but death can come at any moment. One of these lights could fall right now, and it could hit me in the head, and that could be it. I'm trusting that it won't happen right now. But do, do you know what I'm saying? Jesus could return or death could happen at any moment. And we have an opportunity now to take hold of what is being offered to us in that kairos moment. You see, this is why Scripture says today is the day of salvation. It doesn't say tomorrow is the day of salvation. It doesn't say Easter is the day of salvation. It says today is the day of salvation. There's a ripeness to this moment we are living in right now. And this is why we need to seize the the moment when we can because there will come a day when we can no longer take hold of what is being offered to us. 
with every kairos moment that comes our way, we, we need to take hold of it, to, to own it, to declare it as our own, and, and to suck the marrow out of all that, that God is offering to us. You see, kairos moments can be missed, friends, and this is a tragedy. Not only for those of us who, who miss out, for those of us who, who fail to take hold of it, but it's also a tragedy for those whose destinies could have been altered if we would have just stepped out in faith and obedience and courage. These moments can be missed. In, uh, in complete transparency with you this morning, I have regrettably missed many Kairos moments in my life. I have. And I have allowed this thing called fear to dictate what I do or don't do way too often. And, and this is my confession to you this morning. This is me just being open and honest. One of our values here is authenticity, so I'm going to be authentic with you. Can we handle that? That, that I have missed some of these, these key moments that I, that I know God has placed in my life. And while I love meeting new people, while I love talking with people, it scares me to talk to people about Jesus. And I, I'm a pastor, by the way, okay? Sometimes it scares me to talk about Jesus. It feels awkward. It, 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 I just, it just, I kind of, I allow fear to dictate what I do and, and don't do at times. And it, I allow fear to keep me from bringing this, this good news, this life-changing gospel of Jesus to people who need to hear it. And it grieves me, and this is my confession to you. This is something that I struggle with even now. And so I'm asking, I'm, in, I'm pleading with you, would you guys pray for me? Would you pray that God gives me a boldness that is not my own, a courage that is far beyond my own? Would you, would you pray that he gives me a heart for the lost beyond my own? Because I don't want to miss another Kairos moment, friends. I don't. I don't want to miss another moment, And this is something I'm praying towards. I, I'm, I find myself praying this often is, God, what are you doing? Well, what are you doing right now in this moment? What are you doing today? Because I want to partner with you. I want to partner with what you're doing. I want to be obedient with what you're doing. I don't want to miss those key moments. And this is something that I'm working towards. And while, while I've missed those moments, friends, probably more times in my life than I want to admit, that I care to admit, God in his grace and in his goodness, he still continues to bring them our way. He still brings us opportunities, and we just praise him for that. About two months ago, I went to a local barbershop here in town, and I needed a haircut. And uh, so as I'm sitting down in the, in the chair, and the guy puts like his backwards Batman cape on my neck, um, he starts putting like a, a tensor bandage on, on his wrist. And so I kind of asked him, I'm like, man, what's, what's going on with your wrist? And uh, he's a new Canadian. I don't know if he's um, Arab or, or what, but he, he doesn't speak much English. And, uh, and he starts explaining to me as best he can how he broke his wrist two years ago. So he broke his wrist, and then he actually had cortisone, sh cortisone shots in his wrist to, to help with the pain, to alleviate it. It was, still, it was still painful even two years later. And he goes on to say that if, if the pain does not go away within two weeks, that he has to get surgery on his wrist. And, and so I'm like, man, that's, that sucks. That's not good. And, uh, and so he starts cutting my hair. And you can tell he's, he's kind of taking his time. It was a pretty slow haircut. And uh, the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm kind of like thinking to myself, I'm like, man, this, isn't, this really isn't good. This guy, he, he's an immigrant. He, he needs his job to be able to pay for bills and needs his, his hands and his wrists, some mobility to be able to cut people's hair. And so I feel like the Spirit of God was saying, pray for him. Pray for him now. This is his moment. And I, I want to heal him. 
And so I'm like, no, that can't be from God. So I keep like sitting there quietly. I'm like, there's people in here. There's people in here. It's going to be awkward. And then, of course, by the time, as soon as he wraps up, everyone leaves. It's like the jingle and like a door like closes and there's like nobody there. It's ghost town. And I'm like, okay, okay, this is the moment. Here we go. And so as we get up and walk to the counter to pay, I'm like, hey, man, can I, can I pray for you? And he like looks at me, he's like, what, like what? I'm like, can I, can I pray for you? You know how we do actions when people don't understand English? Can I pray for you? And then he's like, okay. And I'm like, in the name of Jesus. And he's like, Jesus. He's, it's like he's never heard the name of Jesus before. And I'm like trying to think like through the rotodex. I'm like, Yeshua? Uh, is, that, is that the language? Yeshua? Jesus? Like how do I say Jesus in a bunch of other languages? Like the name of Jesus, can I pray for you? So a buddy kind of pops his head in. From, from the back door, and he's listening, and they start translating back and forth, and then he just th- looks at me and goes, yes. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Now I have to actually pray for this guy. And so I'm like, okay. So I'm like, can I, can I put my hand on your wrist? And so he holds his wrist out, and I put my hand on it, and I start praying, and it was really quick, actually. I'm like, Jesus, please heal him. Please, please, please. And, uh, you know, like those, those kind of like, ah, what do I do? So I'm praying, and it was like, just release your healing, God. Just heal his wrist, and uh, bless him. I pray that he would know your love, Jesus. Amen. So I say amen, and I look at the guy, and I'm like, so, so how are you doing? And he's like, kind of like, this was weird. And I'm like, okay, like, is there pain? And he just says, no, no. And I'm like, oh, okay. So like, pu- push your hand down. Do something you couldn't do before. So he's pushing his hand down his wrist, and he's like, no. No, no pain. I'm like, all right, see you later. And then I, I, to- I totally just ran out of there. So fast forward now, it's about a month ago. I went for another haircut. I kind of go like once a month. And uh, there's a, a lineup, so I'm just sitting there in a chair, just waiting for my turn. And it's my turn, and who gets to cut my hair? It's the same dude. And as soon as our eyes meet, he comes up to me, and he starts going, thank you, thank you, thank you. And he's shaking my hand, and there's no tensor bandage on his wrist. And I'm like, I think Jesus healed this dude. I think he healed him. I think he poured out his love upon him and wanted him to experience this this release of the kingdom of heaven in his life as as a doorway, friends, to invite him into this greater kingdom, into relationship with Jesus. It was a Kairos moment. It was a beautiful moment, a scary moment. But when these moments avail themselves to us, we have to say yes we got to seize it, take hold of it. Because if we don't, we could miss out. The time has come, said Jesus. The kingdom of God has come near. In fact, it's here and it's now and it's being released on earth as we speak. And lives are being changed. The spirit is being poured out in new ways. Jesus is being glorified. And you and I have been invited in. We've been invited to play a role. Did you know that God has set aside works for you to do that only you can do? Sandy, you talked on this last week. Preaching out of Ephesians 2.10, right? Paul says that you have been created, you are God's handiwork created in Christ to do good works, which he has prepared in advance for you to do. You are God's handiwork, you are his chosen vessel through whom he wants to work in this world. And you have been gifted the way you have. You have been shaped and made the way you have And you've been called, friends, to do things that only you can do. Do do you believe that? Do do you know that? That you've been made by God as his active kingdom agent here and now. And you've been called in in the name of Jesus to bring light to those in darkness. Like that mom in the coffee shop. To to bring freedom to those in captivity. to, To bring life to those who are spiritually dead. 
You have been called to do that. The, the moment we are standing in history now is a kairos moment. And it needs to be grasped. Going back to the barber, I, I truly believe that that was his moment. And there's more to come. I, 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 it's been a month. i got to go back for a haircut, right? And I, I'm going to talk to him about this man named Jesus. And, and would you pray for him? I don't know his name. I, I don't think he knows my name. Uh, but we're, I'm gonna, I, I, I pray that he knows the name of Jesus. Amen? Yeah. I just ask myself, ask yourself right now, if not me, then who? And, and if not now, then when? Because there might not be another opportunity, friends. And, and I'm, I, I'm not willing to risk that. So I want to ask you today, what is the Kairos moment that God is making available to you right now? Because I'm convinced that every day, every single one of us, he is availing these moments to us. And so what is it? What is it for you right now? And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to all my friends here right now in this moment. What is the Kairos moment that God has given to you, presented to you right now? Is it praying for your neighbor for healing? Is it praying for a coworker to, to come to know Jesus? Is it speaking to a, a friend about Jesus? Is it being good news to your friend by watching her kids and letting her and her husband go on a date? Right, that's not a plug for me and Katie. We're, we're good. We had, a, we had a date night last night. It was good. Is being good news to someone, is it cooking a meal for them? Maybe, maybe it's, it's covering rent for that person who you know is just struggling to make ends meet. Maybe for you today, your Kairos moment is saying yes to Jesus and the salvation that he's offering. I believe there's people in this room, both at the 9 o'clock service and right now, who you're here, but you've actually not said yes to Jesus. You haven't repented of your sin. You haven't asked him for real, true life. And he's saying, man, I want to do that for you now. I want all people to be saved. I want a relationship with you. This is your Kairos moment, but you got to say yes. God longs to partner with you and to, through you, release the kingdom of heaven here on earth. As Paul says in both of his letters to the Corinthians, you and I are co-workers with God. We are co-laborers with Christ. Did you know that? It's not just his work. It's not just our work as pastors, me, Sandy, and Nate up here. It's our work as the body of Christ. Amen? We are co-laborers with Christ. As the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 6.2, For he, the Lord, says, in the time of my favor, I heard you in the day of salvation. I helped you. Guess what? We have already received favor, and we've already received grace, and we've already received salvation but what, is, what does Paul say? He says, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Guess who he's talking about? I think he's talking about those who have yet to come into the kingdom. It's their time. And it's now. Now is that day. Or listen to these words from the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 49. Starting at verse 8. This is what the Lord says. In the time of my favor, I will answer you. In the day of salvation, I will help you. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people, to restore the land and to reassign its desolate inheritances, to say to the captives, come out. And to those in darkness, be free. It's all about releasing the kingdom of heaven on earth. 
We're standing on the brink, one of the greatest Kairos moments we will experience in our time. Revival is coming. I believe awakening is coming for this nation of Canada. See to see, Jesus is going to be king of this region once again. As Pastor Dwight said a few weeks ago, revival is just a block and a half away. It's coming, right? It's, it's coming. And this great Kairos moment is calling us to take hold of it, to seize it now. Because if we don't, we're going to miss out. I, I don't know about you, but I, I don't want to look back 20 years from now and regrets what I could have done differently. I don't, I don't want to look back upon this season or the, the seasons of my life and, and have them marked by what I, what I did not do for the kingdom. And when my kids, maybe my grandkids, ask me 30 years from now, Dad, Grandpa, Pops, that's what they're going to call me, Pops. <laughs> but when they, when they ask me, what, what role did you play in the Great Awakening? What role did you play in that great move of God? I don't want to answer, I didn't. I missed it. So how do you seize the day? How do we take hold of this moment now? How do we begin releasing the kingdom of heaven here on earth? I think it boils down to four things. Maybe it's four different things to you, but this is helpful to me. Number one, I think realize that it begins with you. It begins with you, too. Stop waiting and start now. Three, say yes to the right things and no to the wrong things. And four, step out in courageous faith. Friends, it begins with you. It begins with you. In John chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus says these words very truly. I tell you, whoever believes in me. Who, who does that include? Does that include us? Do we believe in Jesus? So whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing. And they will go on to do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father, he said. Guess what? Jesus actually meant what he said. He wasn't just trying to encourage his disciples. He wasn't exaggerating. He wasn't lying. He meant what he said. And he said that you and I would do the works that he was doing. That we would be releasers of the kingdom of heaven. That we would heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons, preach good news. And he meant it. And this is for you and for me. Did you know that you've been sent out on mission with Jesus? The same way that he was sent from the Father. You have an anointing just like he did. And we also have the same mission as him. And it's to release the kingdom of heaven on earth. We see this in John 20. Well, what does Jesus say? He's in the, the room with the disciples, right? He kind of just appears and he says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so, so I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. We've been sent out the same way that Jesus has been sent and starts with you. You've been created to do good works that God has prepared for you to do. And he's not only gifted the way, you, the way he has, he's, he's placed you where he has, strategically. Whether that's in the marketplace or, or in the construction site or on the oil rig or in, in the, the gym. <laughs> Maybe it's at home with your kids or at the, the, the hospital, wherever he's placed you, he's done it strategically because around you are people who need to hear good news. And he wants to partner with you and he has given you power and authority to release the kingdom of heaven on earth. It starts with you. 
But we need to embrace it. We need to seize it. This is the second point. We need to stop waiting and start now. In 1985, a group of South African theologians penned a response to their nation's government and its system of institutionalized racism and segregation known as apartheid. This document was a direct challenge to both the state as well as the South African church, challenging them on their responses to the vicious policies of apartheid. It permeated through this document was, was a strong belief that the, the time was ripe for change in South Africa. And to these men, the, the fate of the country, it balanced on the knife's edge. And they were convinced that small actions such as this, the, the writing of this document, might actually have the power to change the path of history. Not, not only for their nation, but for all mankind. And the response they penned, it was titled the Kairos Document. And it began with these words, the time has come, the moment of truth has arrived. In essence, they're saying, we, we can't wait any longer. We've got to stop waiting and we need to start now. We have to act now. We need to seize the moment now. Something needs to change and this is our moment. It starts with me. I've got to stop waiting, stop making excuses and start now. We also need to say yes to the right things and no to the wrong things. We've all had those moments in life where maybe we're, we're, we're working, we're busy. Maybe we're with a spouse or a friend or our kids and, and an opportunity comes our way. So often I think because it's an inconvenience to us, we choose to say no. Or we turn a blind eye to it. And, and friends, when we do that, we're missing out on a Kairos moment. But what if we started saying yes to the right things and no to the wrong things? And I'm not saying the family's not important. I'm not saying work's not important. But, but there's also a cost. And are we willing to allow Jesus to inconvenience us for his name's sake and for the sake of those who are going to hell? Are we willing to pay the price? Are we willing to say yes to the right things and no to the wrong things? What about sin? Man, I wonder how many of us are involved in activity that God is just so grieved in. And not only does it wreck our relationship with him, not only does it ruin our witness to others, but I think it stifles the spirit and it keeps us from, from walking in those opportunities that, that are ripe with opportunity. We've got to say no to the wrong things and yes to the right things. And then step out in courageous faith. Man, I need to do that more. I was reminded this week, just reading through a, a Bible with my kids. It's called the Action Bible. It's like a comic book. It's pretty sweet. And here's before Jesus' death. He's at the Garden of Gethsemane. And when Judas and the, the religious leaders come to, to kind of take Jesus away, what happens? Everybody leaves him. They're filled with fear. Peter, Peter actually is so afraid, he denies Jesus three times. I don't know the man, he says. But flip, flip forward a little bit to the book of Acts. And what do we see? These men, these women, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. They're filled with courage and boldness. And, and even in the face of persecution, in the, in the face of jail time, when, when the religious leaders are saying, don't talk about Jesus, man, in the face of death, these guys are like, I'm going to be bold and courageous. And what happens? Men and women are added to their number daily. It's incredible. It's incredible. Oh, for that to be true today. Oh, for that to be true in our time, in this Kairos moment, that we would grasp it, that we would take hold of it, that we would actually release the kingdom of heaven on earth. Are you with me? 
Let's say yes. Yeah, let's stand up. There's a Kairos moment. It's here now. Will we embrace it? Will we embrace it? I'm praying that we say yes. So I want to pray with you. And then after that, our ministry team is going to be at the front here. And if you have a need in your body or you'd like to be ministered to or you want to be prayed over, come to the front. They would love to do that. But before we go, uh, let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you not only came to give good news, but that you became good news for us. That while we were still sinners, that you died for us. And that you have made a way for us to be reconciled back to you. Lord, I also thank you that you love us enough, that you have grace enough for us, patience enough for us, that you've invited us to play a part. How humbling, Jesus, that you want to partner with us and that you give us opportunity on top of opportunity, God, to, 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 to release the kingdom of heaven on earth and to see those stranded in sin saved and given new life and purpose in Jesus. So to that, God, I say yes. Lord, I pray for every person right now, Jesus, that you would fill them afresh with your Holy Spirit. Right now, Lord, every man, woman, and child that fills this building in this place, fill them with your Spirit, God. Give them courage beyond their own, boldness beyond their own, a heart for the lost beyond their own. Lord, give them courage to say yes. To say yes and to walk. Lord, encourage and boldness and faith believing you to do miraculous and amazing things because you can and you will and Lord we want to be a part of that so we say yes friend I also want to pray right now for those people maybe you're here and you've you've not yet said yes to Jesus maybe you've been coming to church for a while maybe this is your first Sunday here and, and, and we're talking with this Jesus person and you know in your heart of hearts right now that you need to say yes and I know it's scary I know it's intimidating. I know you're like, I don't have this all figured out, but that's okay. And I want to pray with you right now, and I'm going to tell everyone else, let's close our eyes. And if you need to say yes to Jesus in this moment, hold your hands out in front of you in a, in a, in a physical act of, of releasing control and surrendering yourself to Jesus and saying yes to him. that's you, just pray in your heart with me. Jesus, I, I say yes to you because you're the right thing. And I, I say sorry for my mistakes in my past. I say sorry for my sin and I repent of that. And I ask you right now for new life. I ask you right now to save me. I'm saying yes to this Kairos moment you've placed before me. And I want to follow you. I want to be all in. I want you to be Lord Jesus and King of my life. If you've prayed that prayer, friend, welcome home. You're part of the kingdom. You have been restored to your rightful place as a son and daughter of God. And we say congratulations. Tell a friend, celebrate this moment. Mark this moment, write it down in your calendar, in your phone. Because everything changes from this point. Everything changes. Yeah. All right, what a fun morning. I had fun, did you guys? Yeah, cool. All right. Make sure you guys come back tonight for Breathe. It's family friendly, so bring your kids. See the ministry team, come on up front here. And we'll see you next Sunday for our last part of Heaven on Earth. Bless you guys.